0: Hello Erlang is a show focused on the Erlang programming community. We discuss topics related to the Beam and the Erlang ecosystem with exceptional engineers that will share their knowledge and experience with you.
1: Hello, Mike. Hello, Joe. System working? Seems to be. Okay, fine. Okay. Hello, my name is Adolfo Neto. I'm a professor at the Federal University of Technology Paraná here in Curitiba, Brazil, a relatively large city in the south of Brazil. And this is a kind of a pilot for an Erlang podcast. And I'm here with, I'm probably in a, a very different way, but it's somehow the way that a Brazilian would say it's Vyacheslav Katsuba. And the, after that, you, you, can say how it, your name is, is set for it's what's, how do you really pronounce your name? But you are a Ukrainian Erlanger, which means that you, you're Erlang developer and I'm going to call you Slava. So first Slava, can you present yourself?
0: Hi Adolfo. Nice to meet you. Yeah, sure. Well, as you mentioned that my name is Vyacheslav, but my short name is Slava. Basically, I provide Erlang consulting stuff last plus minus six years for the different customers and companies. Also pretty like my work and working with the Erlang HTP. And a couple months ago, I suppose started write blog posts together with the Brujo. And uh, I'm based in the Ukraine, living in the Vinitsa city. This is center of the Ukraine, basically. This is not a Kiev, of course, but a couple hundred miles, I suppose, from the the Kiev. And uh,
1: that's it. That's okay. And Brujo, you mean Brujo Benavides, of course, which is a big name in the Irland community. I have interviewed Brujo couple of, of years ago. And my first question for you, Slava, is when did you start programming? Well,
0: basically I was started programming in the 21. Why? Because you see, I, I had some problems with the, uh, trying to go to the, some university to learn something because in pretty young age, I was started to be a father suppose this was uh, 18 years where uh, was my first child was burned and of course you know for the young young man who tried to support his family new family you need to try to find some way to the you know find some money and uh, working in the different uh, ways and get any job so i when when I get the the first child, uh, the, I you know I didn't think about the future, I'm my future like a programming guy, etc. I was focused more on the on the other any jobs where I can you know start to, I don't know just work and get some pa- payment from the from the work. So by this reason, I was try to myself in the different areas but i'm always was interested in the programming stuff so uh of course i was skipped the age of the uh, and time of course for the going to the university so by this reason in the 21 i was started you know uh get some self-education just buying some books etc And find it some additional information in the open source and the internet and try to focus it on the programming. And uh, of course, this is what's a parallel with my demand job. And in the, in the day, I was working stuff and in the night, I was teaching stuff, something like that. And after some time, I just suggested, you know, yeah, I, I I know something and I have some knowledges and just join it to some freelancer platform to try myself and you know i was get the first invoice i do not remember 50 dollars i suppose yeah and why i was pretty happy actually and then i started to understand that actually for the knowledge people and the companies can pay it you know and this is pretty cool because you know not just provide some software or some solutions you also learn some stuff and you know you develop your own internal world and this is great you're growing from the day till day and uh, you know don't stop in the growing and
1: this is pretty cool so you mean you started programming when you were 21 years old but and um, when did you get to know Erlang the which is uh, here in Brazil. If someone says, Oh, I'm a program in Erlang, probably that person did not start with Erlang. Did you start with Erlang? If not, when did you get to know Erlang?
0: Uh, well, basically, all new guys, I suppose, try to start from learning his C stuff and from the book. I mean, mostly guys from the book, Carnegie and Richie uh, for the C programming. And of course, after some time, you can get a read about the Python and get some additional books and information from the Guido van Rossum, who is created the Python, and open for yourself a great uh, world, basically. But you see, I was having some problems in the, my country uh, with these two areas. I mean, that, uh, with the C projects and the, with the Python projects, a lot of projects was related in the other town and the other cities and this is was mean that for the getting the new job I was need to you know do some relocation stuff and actually this is not work for me because you know moving with the full family this is a big stress for the for the owl guys I mean that for the wife and for the child of course but this reason I just started taking look what exactly, uh, langu- what exactly languages was famous in the my city and, uh, uh how m- many job offers I can get in and just focus it on the IT industry. So, and of course, the one of them was a JavaScript. And then I was basically started outsourcing company. I started from the JavaScript, of course. After a couple years. Of working in this company i was having a meet with my cousin so basically my cousin his name is alexander he's focused he always was focused on the programming you know he was trying to find new way find new tools he doesn't uh as i remember uh this is just was a hobby you know he just was interested how to create some program because he was started from the building of the computers, you know, just was working for the, some company who just collected and tested some video stuff, installing some operation system for the computer and fixed some stuff, you know, some bugs or viruses, etc. But he was wanted to, you know, get more additional information about how it's working. And after some time, he provided me. Information about the Erlang world. By example, I do not remember what it was exactly, but yeah, this is was informa- uh, information about the creating the simple chatting uh, using the cowboy. And he provided me info that one guy basically can, without any problems, the Microservices architecture, which will be working always, and also he started to provide me about the internal world of the beam, about the concurrency, about a lot of stuff. Of course, this, and um, I mean the virtual machine, about the concurrency, about the beam OTP. This is a lot of stuff is missing in the different languages, and of course, the JavaScript or Python is one of them. For uh, was for me and then i started you know just try to listen more information okay and of course i started to find some additional information of course when i was see the first time the analog syntaxes i was wanted to cry actually because you know the op world and functionality programming world is pretty different. And of course, you know, when I started to learn, my cousin told me that some interesting point. He told me that, do you see the Erlang?" I, I told it, yeah. He asked me, do you have some background in the OOP world? I told it, yes, of course. Okay, if you wanted to learn analog stuff, just forget all stuff what you learned before it. And then just focus it on the functionality programming world. This is, will be helpful. And of course, when you try to, you know, comparing with your is what you already have, your, you know, brain started going into some collapsing and doesn't understand what is going on because you already know how it should work, but when you get there some stuff and, or some specific construction or specific uh, behavior. You don't understand why this should be. And you know, this is not a comfortable for the, a lot of guys. And this is a, some gaps, I suppose. Because when I was started to learn this stuff, I didn't know about the Erlang community. I does not know how I can define this information and where exactly I should define it. And this is a big problem for the new, newcomers who developed his internal world. Because getting new kno- colleges, never mind... This is Erlang or or R or Python or, I don't know, Ruby or other languages. Each of these languages have the interesting and strong and weak, you know, sides. And by this reason, you need to know uh, what exactly languages and what exactly technologies you need to choose to use and what the Exactly tasks, you can solve it, use this or other tools. And after that, you can de- propose it to the team and have a, some conversation and join to the, any discussion and propose the you know, correct technology for the, some specific task to de- solve them.
1: Okay, so you, you got to know Erlang. And you, you already told me that, uh, okay, Erlang is good for some things, maybe not for others. But specifically, what attracted you to Erlang or or better? Right now, if you were to say, oh, if you are going to do something like this, you must use Erlang. Because uh, a a few, I believe a few months ago, someone asked me on Twitter, oh, I'm going to create. No, no, that, that was not the question. The question was, oh, we have a digital bank here. It's implemented in Elixir, and uh, we are going to, to port it to another language, which, which I believe it was C-sharp. And I said, oh, I, I know that people do digital banks in, in Erlang, in Elixir, but I don't know nothing about C-sharp. So uh, which kind of application is good for Erlang in OTP? So why Erlang OTP? Yes, basically,
0: uh, you see, uh, I was working on the services a long time with the different services, and this was related to the web stores, to the some web platforms, and uh, of course, the Elixir is a is a great tool for the for the web i mean that why a lot of guys is choosing the elixir because you can hire one guy who can that work in, with the backend and the frontend like a uh, some uh, full stack developer and can quickly create some web stuff but if we talk about the, some specific things about the specific uh, points uh, like uh, where we go into develop some core stuff, which is, by example, create some, I don't know, some gateway for the 3GPP mobile network core, etc. Yes, you can try to do this stuff in the Elixir, but, you know, Elixir is more focused on the web. I don't know it's more focused in the, the clear backend. Yes, you can also do some stuff in the front end, you need to spend a lot of time actually to do it because Erlang was not created for the UI and not not created for the creating some, some web interface or maybe other stuff, native stuff. But yeah, he had some tools, additional tools, but of course he is more focused in the, my understanding, more in the backend side, where you need to focus it on the powerful work on the scaling about, you know, about uh, thinking correct and fast work inside of the server side. And of course, as I told before, I was pretty impressive when the one guy, I mean, my <laughs> Cousin told me that one Erlang developer can, you know, replace a one whole department of the development, like by Java for the some specific task. Then, after I get some knowledges and I suggested totally moving to the Erlang world. Of course, I was getting some small offers before it, but the big project. I suppose this is more or less big for me because I was working on this project more than one year this was happens like you know i would just get this uh accept this offer from this company ukrainian company and at the same time my cousin also accepted this offer to this company to this project so our job was the some company was created some uh, messenger based on the java they have problem when they are Users was growing up and they have a, a lot of problems with the connecting with the, their nodes and the services. Not was a, a be pretty powerful. And after then, they are one try to, you know, buy additional um, services. This is not also not helped to them. After some time, uh, their solution architecture was provided information to the CTO about Erlang and about the beam, And then they started to find that some developers to this stuff. So, basically, this product was developed, I don't know, uh, 15 guys, 10 guys was working on the backend, actually, uh, in the uh, as uh, Java backend developers. And this product was developed a couple years and living a couple years in the production. After when we joined to this company, we were spent two months together with my cousin, to the rewrite, totally rewrite, I mean, migrate this messenger from the uh, Java to the Erlang. And, of course, we was, after some load testing, we was see that our, by example, one uh, server with the four cores and, uh, I don't know, 16 gigabytes of the memory was, you know, able to the accept 50000s uh, of the request per second and this is, was pretty impressive for the our CTO because their servers was died in the 10000s per seconds so and this is not a finalizing result i was using this to the testing and growing the test results to the 250000s uh, requests per second and the server still was still alive so of course, after some time, we was spent one month plus minus to the improving and add some additional functionality to this messenger, uh, which was not uh, available before. And actually, I believe that this is was a great start. And after this, I was pretty uh, impressive. Like, you know, only couple guys do uh, some big work and great migration from using the different tools and etc was able to the de- create the same and uh, not the same the better services and this is, was a pretty impressive for me and yes by this reason i was totally understand that Arlang is a uh, great technology for the server sites and i just uh, i started thinking that yes i will
1: shoot the stop on this technology and how did you how did you learn erlang because some people they like to read books there are great books about erlang that there's one by joe armstrong i believe there's one by Erlang Programming by Francesco Cesarini. I'm not sure if that one's by Francesco, but there, I know that Francesco wrote a book about Erlang. There is this, even uh, a free ebook. It's, it's online, it's learn, you some Erlang for great good. But there are also, also people that prefer, no, I'm going to start a project and then learn by doing, or some people like, uh, Online video courses. How did you? Which was your your way to learn Erlang? Well, basically, I suppose a lot of guys
0: and I, of course, started from the list uh, of the books what you already mentioned, actually. And this is a great and you know good start. However, when you just trying to start new some Learning, etc. Uh, never mind if you have these books or not. What is big missing for these beginners, I suppose, is mentors who can be pretty close and try to and, and try to work in, with you together and maybe provide some additional information, provide some additional practice tasks, etc. But one of the Courses. What I was getting the first one, I was find uh, as I remember the Derek Barnes. This guy uh, have I suppose blog, video blog post podcast for the learning uh, new languages, and he have some you know series of the these courses like language some X language uh, in the one hour uh, in the one hour, and actually. I was pretty impressive how he is really provide the, all this information. I mean that I was spending a lot of time for the reading different uh, different uh, books, etc. I read some articles in the internet, but I was pretty impressive how he how really he is provide so much information in the one hour. Actually, when I get some tasks from the, my customers, like we need to, I don't know, create some specific. To by the different languages. Actually, I, first of all, I go into this guy and try to find any information from him about the uh, interesting languages. And then I started to understand more or less what is going on because he going by simple basics and provide this. Information is pretty simple, without some you know some specific uh, that uh, information like uh, how you can uh, create some scaling system, etc. Yes, you need to know that, but for the starting, you ne- doesn't need to know all stuff. A lot of stuff you need to learn in the, in the production when you try to fight in, with something, with the some bug, with the some some test. When you need to create some test, when you need to. Testing your software, use law testing. How you can find this uh, or, or other problem? How you can fix it? How you can profile your system? This is all stuff you can you cannot get in from the any courses. This all stuff you can get for only from the practice. But this reason, good to know that a couple months ago, as we know that Alan forums was created and opened and i suppose this is pretty cool chance f- for the beginners join to the erlang community and ask it and uh, uh, anything about the erlang trying to find yourself mentors and try growing as uh, the erlang developers of course for the getting more deep in knowledges I believe that the next one courses, what uh, I can recommend it, I suppose, this is two courses, basically. This uh, first one is Functionality Programming in the Erlang, which is provided by uh, University of Kent. And um, the lecturer of uh, of these courses, of course, is uh, Simon Thompson. Of course, Collected a lot of information and some uh, additional interviews with um, uh, Jay Armstrong and also some additional get additional information from them. Francesca Cisarini. The Of course, in these courses you can. That Basically, pass the uh, these courses by free. But if you wanted to get some certificate and pass some test cases and uh, just you know just check your knowledges, you need to spend uh, some small money for this, like uh, one hundred dollars or so, something like that. I don't, I don't remember exactly right now. And next course also is. Uh, Related to the Erlang and the from the university camp, where the Simon Thompson also provided these courses, is concurrent uh, concurrent programming in the Erlang, where you can get a basic knowledges and strong basic knowledges about the concurrent programming in the Erlang. Plus, you can work together with the auditory, and you can you know, meet new people who can also interested or maybe hate, <laughs> I don't know. But you can discuss a lot of stuff. Why they like it or dislike some stuff. Maybe uh, why you need to learn this stuff or other stuff, etc. And get some additional information from them. Because when you try to learn by your own, this is a little bit burn for you. And uh, it's great to know when you also see the new guys also, doesn't know something interesting stuff, and you try to develop your own world with some somebody other and getting together some new Erlang knowledges. This is pretty great,
1: okay. And is there anyone that helped you in that in your trajectory learning Erlang? Because I, I, I have to say that. For instance, I use Exorcism to learn Erlang and Brujo, Brujo Benavides, which we already mentioned, helped me a lot and also other mentors, but mostly Brujo, because there are some things that it's, it's at least for me, it's not easy to find in the documentation. So is there anyone that helped you learn Erlang?
0: Well, basically, uh, for now, I mean that for the starting, uh, some Stuff like, uh, like uh, Exorcism and famous p- uh, projects. I suppose it's pretty cool for the learning something new, how you can work with the different data types, of course. And uh, of course, the passing some advanced of the code uh, is c- uh, some tasks and try to compare how you can the t- uh, working with the different languages. This can, can be pretty helpful. But let's not forget about the point, my point, that a lot of guys doesn't like the Erlang syntax, but this is pretty easy syntax, actually. And I suppose, as I write it in the books, actually, newcomers can spend one or two weeks to learn the Erlang and start to develop some stuff in the production. He can, after a couple more weeks, just try to do it. But, uh, of course... Not a lot of projects is opening to the you know higher junior or maybe the, um, intern uh, interns for the for for the you know sharing of the technologies etc. and of course the, the first uh, guy who was helping me to a little bit better understand what is going on inside of the beam world and in the in the o t p stuff is the, my cousin and then I just you know. When I getting some new my new jobs, which was related to the to the ARM, actually they already have some some developers with the big background, and I just you know try to learning new stuff from them, and uh, trying to sharing this stuff with the others, and try to you know communicate more better internal in the Ukraine community and this is actually great but of course in any case you need to some mentors and uh, actually never mind this is um, can be any project, but you see, this the main problem is uh, the the OTP world is pretty big, and you can use the Aron for the different tasks. Like uh, you can create uh, some messengers, you can create some games, you can uh, try to build some I don't know microservices architecture for the building uh, I uh, uh, business models, etc. For the banking, for the, the payment, for the message broken, etc. Uh, et but the main point is if you try to choose some one specific area, you started forgot about the other areas and this is a big also gaps, and you don't wanted to mention it on these areas. And by this reason, it's good to have some mentors who can push you to the some different other areas just because this is a pretty interesting, you know, creating some tool, some library, some I don't know, plugins, etc. So, and for me, this was a guy, Brujo too. So, basically, uh, Brucho is started mentoring me a little bit about the how create the rubber plugins, how, I don't know, create uh, and provide your information to the other people in the, your blog post, etc. And uh, this is a pretty cool because when you don't know where you should looking for this is a pretty sad because you know sometime you have a time and you have a power for the getting new knowledge, but you don't understand from where you should to start and uh, what exactly results will look great like you know if i will create some library does this will be helpful for the community etc and of course how get this information how Build some stuff. Of course, need to some mentors, and of course, for me, the second guy who is matter with me is uh, uh, Benevis.
1: And uh, I'm going to, to to ask a question that involves a, a lot of things because when, uh, my people complain to me more about Elixir than Erlang, that there are there are no jobs for junior developers in Erlang. Maybe that's the, the same thing for many other languages, but here we are talking about Erlang. So was it easy for you to find a job or in, in your case, you are more a consulting guy, right? You, you're you not working for a company, but is it easy? Well, someone this wants to start learning Erlang and that person has no major experience in any other language, is it going to be easy for that person after he or she learns Erlang to to get a job as an Erlang developer? (sighs) Yeah, basically,
0: this is a great question because, yes, actually, this can be some problem. And also this is related in the what exactly country you are living right now. Because let's... Take a look to the Ukraine. In the Ukraine, we have a couple famous internal projects, which is uh, use uh, the the Aralang stuff. And of course, this is a big gaps because they are, doesn't want to find the new guys and try to grow in here pretty quickly. So you can uh, find that some job description in the maybe with um, in the uh, interval like um, one job in the one year I suppose something like that and of course and in the other hand a lot of other companies who is wanted to use the Arvalang they are cannot find the Arvalang developers in the country and by this reason they are going to the switch to the other technologies like uh, Golan or Elixir or if they have the Python developers, they switch it to the Python, or if the customer just wanted to add developer and they doesn't find it, they just rejected this proposal and that's it. So, and the, my problem was, first of all, I was focused internally about uh, in the my country only, you know, and I tried to find some jobs inside of the uh, my country, by example. You know, I was pretty impressive when I was start to looking outside of the uh, Ukraine and try to find in some information in the Europe, in the United States, in the China, in the other countries. And I was pretty impressive that this is very famous technology in the some areas, in the other companies, and the other stuff. I believe that first of all need to try to find, of course, some internal projects where you can you try. Test yourself in the, some real project, getting some You Cannot do it by different reasons because I don't know this is technology is not pretty famous, or companies looking for uh, seniors or I don't know, but not not the juniors. Then it makes sense to try to go in to the outside of the country and try to find the looking for the companies. You see. I remember I also was find some resources which was uh, focused on the Erlang companies where you can, in the one page, you can define that all companies from the all world, mostly all companies, of course. But I mean the famous uh, companies. And, you know, you get additional information from them like uh, they are working with the open source or not in the what areas like, you know, banking or maybe mobile networking or maybe other stuff, gaming, etc. And I don't know when you doesn't have a big background and you doesn't know that how you can find that and uh, some job description, but we all know that from time to time, the company is still looking for somebody. And of course, you not always can. You cannot open the source uh, site about the finding this or other company about their job description, etc. But this reason, I just followed the uh, some approach like find it mail of the company and just sending, you know, CV with some description like, you know, if you are looking for, or maybe in the f- in the future we'll be looking for the developer, I can join by some price and, of course, you collect some additional information about the price. This is one point. I mean, just, you know, pushing all companies what you can find. Other point is starting, you know, never mind if you just just starting and learning new stuff. You need a little bit and try to improve yourself. And of course you can try to do it, join to the some open source projects and try to help other guys to the improve some some stuff. A lot of Projects uh, have some gaps. By example, with documentation, with the testing, with the, uh, the, the some test cases is missing. Something is not tested well, or maybe they have some minor bugs, but they have these minor bugs, and nobody wanted or cannot, uh, you know, spend some time on, or doesn't have uh, just resources to do it, and you can just try to join this small community and try to uh, project community i mean that and try to providing some some bug fixing etc and it can be also helpful because sometime these companies also ha- try to find something somebody and of course if you will pretty activity when they will try to looking for somebody they are, of course will try to find you and connect with you and of course all data is stored in the uh, in the in the github by example or the gitlab of course they have the email of the maintainers and of course there can be this have also chance to the getting some job offer and next one is um, i suppose the freelance platform the name is upwork in this uh, Platform, you can uh, basically get the different job offers, but from time to time you also, of course, get proposal implement some stuff by Erlong and from time to time I mean that from five till ten proposal you can get in the months, but of course all this stuff is related to the your expectation and that to the uh, money what they uh, can spend it. I mean that money what was can spend it from the customers to you, and of course try to you know. Uh, try learn to communicate and of course you need to learn a little bit uh, how you can sell yourself for the customers and how you can uh, provide your proposals etc. So I suppose this is more or less three working ways. What was helped me as the for beginning and also after beginning also, uh, helping me find some new clients, etc. And of course, doesn't need to forget about some internal courses of the some specific companies who is try to find that some developers who wanted to learn internally, uh, the Erlang, and just join like internum to the company. This is also a great chance to the join to the community and the, the get your first job offer.
1: We are getting near to the end of this episode, and I want to ask you a last question. What do you think about the Erlang community? Because let, let me just explain this, what do you think about it? Because I I know lots of people, at least here in Brazil, that they got to know Elixir, not Erlang, because they went to a conference or they went to a meetup and they were so well received by the community or even on Twitter where people exchanged messages and they are, oh, the, the Elixir community is so welcoming, so diverse. Of course, not as diverse as we like it because there is mostly... Male guys, male white guys, but it's uh, it's tr- it tries to include more people. At least that's the point of view that people have here in, in Brazil regarding the Elixir community. But you you, you know that the the community is it, when I see community is the people and people doing things like you said, uh, open source projects, podcasts, books, and people who are working too and. There is uh, there is this kind of intersection between Elixir and Erlang, but there is clearly in Erlang forums, as you said, it's, it's, it's a, a clear step in this direction, that there is an Erlang community. There's people that either they don't know Elixir or they don't program actively in Elixir. There is an Erland community. What do you think about this Erlang community well
0: actually Irelandland community I opened it to myself in not um, a lot of years ago. This is a was uh, in the in the previous year uh in twenty twenty one and actually for my vision and my feeling. This is pre- in the one hand, this is a pretty old community. And in the other hand, this is a pretty young community. Why? Because I was, uh, take a look to the other community, like uh, Elixir, uh, like uh, Python and other community stuff who is, you know, try to shut between uh, together with the different technologies, provide the podcast, providing the blog posts, uh, providing courses, additional information. Try to respond in, to any questions internally in, inside of the community, and then I just try to compare it with the with the Elon. Well, I suppose right now we can take a look that to the army community like uh, to the pretty young because they are trying to start use a new different ways to the growing like Erlang forums, this is one of them. Slack channels and Slack area, this is the next one. And of course, let's not forget about the Erlang Ecosystem Foundation who is also helping to provide some sponsoring for the projects, uh, looking for new ideas, looking for new uh, members, volunteers, sponsors, etc. And this is growing a little bit slow for my vision, but is you know pretty powerful and the the minor problem as I see right now that a lot of guys from the different countries didn't sharing their knowledge additional knowledge internal of the age of the countries and didn't maybe by some reason shine to you know join to the Ireland community ask something by this reason i try to provide and mention the Erlang forums and Erlang community in the, any my blog post, and any messages where I can find it. If I some, some find something in the in the Slack channel and didn't find this user in the Erlang forum, I always will ask he create additional topics for the Erlang forum for the you know pick up and showing to the community. And of course. When you create some, any questions or topics in the Arlong forums, you get the answers pretty fast, uh, sometimes faster than in the Slack. And this is, I don't know, this is a cool or not, but in any case, you have a different ways to communicate with the, with the Erlang community. And this is a great. But I suppose each of the member Erlang, uh, uh, members of the Erlang community, they, they didn't not should You know, forget about the sharing of the... Their knowledge. They also need to share with the with the their guys who is working together, or maybe with the companies, or also you know share with the uh, community inside of the uh, their com- uh, countries. Uh, by example, I'm try to use uh, different languages for the topics. I'm try to create uh, uh, one topic for the uh, by English, and as uh, this the same topic I try to translate to the Ukrainian. On the the Ukrainian, and just you know, provide this information for the community and just communicate with them, just you know, sharing information, explain something how I can explain uh, what is in my power. I try to explain to them why this tools and technology should use it uh, in the end of the something or other etc what the problems they can have or what the benefits they can get it from the using of the Arlong technology and this is, will be great if the each guy who like the Aaron stuff it will be great if they are, will be also doesn't forget about the sharing and this is, will be pretty helpful for the community to the growing and of course, Uh, Some stuff is missing from my understanding, like we doesn't have the clear, uh, I mean, we, I mean, the the Erlang community doesn't have the clear blog post with the news where the users can get uh, some additional information about the tools each day from the day to the day and from week to the week created always created some new libraries, some new technologies and uh, uh, applications, uh, something is can be released, something uh, can be improved. And sometime you can define that some libraries and just keep these libraries to the time when this library will be improved because this library by, for for now have the, some problems. And after some time, I'll, I'll like a couple of months, you can forget about this library and image. This library was, you know, get exactly improvements what uh, you are looking for, or was try to start working on this uh, or other improvements, and you know, but this is already exist, and you doesn't know about it, and this is a big gaps because you spend an additional time uh, for the double work what was already done before, but the the problems you doesn't know about it. And you does not know about some specific points. Of course, if you activity an uh, Erlang member, this can be maybe a little bit less problem. But in any case, this is a, some problem, I suppose. And I believe that this is, will be a great improvement for the for the Erlang community.
1: Okay, so thank you very much, Slava. And do you have a final word for our listeners?
0: Well, actually... Uh, I was pretty happy to join the, this podcast and have a couple, uh, you know, questions to you if you don't mind, Adolfo.
1: Yeah, that's okay.
0: Cool. i just wondering, uh, what is your mission with the Erlang podcast right now?
1: Well, I, I, I'm a really big fan of podcasts and I there was a podcast about Erlang a few years ago, mostly Erlang. They, they still have a site and the episodes are there. But we, we know that right now in the the larger Erlang Ecosystem Foundation, sorry, Erlang Ecosystem, I, I, I thought about the foundation, because the Erlang Ecosystem Foundation, it's about Erlang, Elixir, and all languages in, in the bin, the, the Erlang yeah. machine. And if you go to, to the... If you, if you ask for podcasts about Erlang, there's no podcast exclusively about Erlang. There are podcasts about Elixir that sometimes they cover Erlang. So the idea here is that we need more people, new programmers in, in the Erlang community. Specifically, wanting we, we need people wanting to learn Erlang. And there are so many interesting things happening in the Erlang community. It they are sometimes covered in the Elixir podcasts, but not as much as much as we would like. So that's my goal here. I see. Okay. And why did
0: you focus on the Erlang HTP world
1: right now? Well right now I'm I'm a professor so I, I'm not a professional programmer like you or Blueho or many other people in their the community. And so I'm still learning Erlang. And there are many things in Erlang that I I don't know and I want to to know. And I'm trying to learn Erlang and Elixir in in parallel. (laughs) It's uh, concurrently. So if you go to my Exorcism page, you I I have maybe 18 uh, Erlang Exercises done in seventeen elixir exercises done, and I still have a, a lot to learn. And that's what what I like about it. I, I I really want to to master OTP, which I I still don't.
0: I see, cool. And what makes Erlang interesting for you?
1: Erlang is interesting because it comes from Prolog. I I also at here at the university I teach logic for computer science. And even in the past, I used to teach prologue, not anymore because of several reasons, but I used to like prologue. And then I learned that Joe Armstrong, when he, he and his colleagues created Erlang, they, they actually were trying to create a new version of prologue, but it, it resulted in a completely new language. So that's what's interesting for me that of course there, there is this whole concurrent programming world, which is not uh, I, I did my PhD in computer computer science, but I had have never studied in depth the the practical aspects of concurrence. I had even studied some Theoretical as as aspects of concurrence, but not the practical aspects. And they are really, really important not only for, for many things we, we do today, but also as as the source of very interesting theoretical developments. So that's why I, I'm interested in interested in Erlang.
0: Cool. Well, you mentioned that about the t- you are a professor, and do you share your information about the Erlang OTP with your students? Try to put or provide Erlang or OTP or BIM knowledge,s with your students, and if yes, how do they feel?
1: with it. Well, I'm a professor at a very small university here in Brazil. Uh, not very small, but a small one. It's... It's not like a, a big research universe. So I teach lots of things. I teach logic for computer science. I, t- I teach agile methods. And I used to teach a, a, a course called concurrent functional programming, which would cover from the start Elixir until, and then OTP, but there was not enough time. So the, the, after the, the first offering, I cut this course in half, and now I only teach Elixir functional programming, the basics, I don't teach concurrent programming. So only for the, 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 the first group of students, they had some exposure to the bin. and <laughs> one of them, they he even created, a, a, how do you say, a, a package a library for in, I believe he used Elixir.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: was for for a notification orient notification oriented paradigm. It's it's something that one one colleague cool. created and he ported it to 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 the beam but it was using Elixir. So, in summing up, it's not many things have been done by my students, but many interested They they, they have learned a lot. Some of them are using uh, the Elixir, mostly Elixir, in, in their, their jobs, but none of them, as far as I know, has, has created anything very interesting and big yet. Uh, I know that uh, Cristine Guadeloupe, which is my colleague at uh, Elixir Infoco, a podcast about Elixir in Portuguese, she's now part of the Dashbit team. That mm-hmm. is the company that Juste wo- owns, and she was uh, a guest, uh, kind of guest student in my second second time I offered introduction to functional programming. But of, of course, she she has learned a lot not in my course, but by herself. She's a very uh, she she likes to study a lot, and she has uh, presented. Uh, a talk about Phoenix Live View and so on. Cool, sounds pretty amazing, actually. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, in any case, you know, I believe
0: that if your students will didn't didn't choose the beam as a main technology, but as minimum, they will be know about this technology, and after some time, I believe they will be back to this and your courses to freshen their knowledge in the mind. So, this is uh, pretty cool actually. And I have also, you know, I suppose last question, what I want to ask it to you about, you know, your feeling about the Alan community.
1: Well, I, I had uh, it was difficult for me in the beginning. to to differentiate the Elixir community from the Erlang community, because I was mainly part of the Elixir community, and, but people that are more, it seems to me that they are mostly interested in Erlang. They were also, they went to uh, Elixir events, like for instance, if you go to CodeBean, the name is Code Bing, but most of the talks are about Elixir, I believe. Mm-hmm. I, mean, mm-hmm. I, I haven't counted, but <laughs> I, I, I should. But even if you go to Elixir Conf, here and there, there is a, a, a talk about the Bing or about uh, Erlang, and, and also other Bing languages. So that's one question that I, I'm going to to leave to the the listeners. Is there uh, an Elixir and an Erlang community or is it all the, the same same community with some people? Ah, I'm more interested in Erlang, but I also do some Elixir. Oh, I'm more interested in Elixir, but I, I I I know what Erlang is and I like Elixir because I like what Erlang provides to Elixir.
0: <laughs> cool.
1: I believe that that's the end of our episode. Thank you very much again, Islava. It was a pleasure to talk to you.
0: Yeah. Many thanks for your time, Adolfo. And thanks for asking to join this interview.
1: Okay. See you. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.